shut up and sit down. All these down guys are super strong beef mountains. What's kicking, little chicken? You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Tip of the day from a quote by Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. It's never too soon for some good old-fashioned preparation. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering. I'm here with Lance Friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin' Hepler. Friggin' Hepler. Right here. In studio. In studio with you. That's that's magical. Yeah. It is, it is nice to have you home. back. Yeah. His, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. We'll, I was say, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a back we'll battle. Save all There'll those questions. There'll be plenty of talking from that guy over <laughs> yeah, there. To his left, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look fan-frickin-tastic. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And last but not least, Mr. Evan Price joining us over the airwaves, uh, thankfully. Evan, you there? I'm drinking orange juice. What are you guys drinking today? (laughs) Price, I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask, even though that we're talking to you over the airwaves because I still don't trust the germs. (laughs) Just so I don't get you. So I I, I really did a poor job. He's got some prophylactics over his headphones, too. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I did. I did a pretty poor job of um, shedding this 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 virus to anybody else because not even Cassie has tested positive yet. So I can't even. I'm not even good. I'm not even good at having COVID. This is- <laughs> you're not a good. You're not like a super spreader. Oh, no. No. I'm. I'm. I'm even bad at spreading this thing. So what am I worth to it? <laughs> How are you feeling though? I mean, are, are your symptoms pretty bad? Are you just feeling kind of crappy, or what's going on? Nah. I'm- no, I'm fine. You know, I mean, it's it's like honestly, today I'm probably expecting that I'll be close to testing negative. Last last yeah. night I was, I was feeling pretty good last night and hoping I would test negative. And it was one of those. I have no idea if the testing is like, if the line is fainter, if that means you have less COVID, or if that just means you took a crappy test or not. But I was, it was a very faint line last night. So fingers crossed, we're getting a negative here in a couple hours after this. Good, cool. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. let's do some backpedaling. I have a sneaking suspicion this is going to be a long one. <laughs> it's been a I minute. can make mine fast. <laughs> How I about got, this? I got nothing either. Yeah. Go, Matt. <laughs> I, uh, I've actually run like a fair amount. What? I know. It's crazy. Not like, I mean, I don't know, fair amount. I, like, I this, think last so, week I said I think I ran 10 miles. This week is probably like 12. It's been great. Is it like it's improving? No. It's, uh, life is getting better. It, life is just getting better. But, I mean, it's just incrementally, and I'm trying to just ease back into it, and it's just good to see progress in that that is great some sort of progress i might not ever be running marathons again but if i can go like i did four miles on sunday last last sunday or whenever that was i don't even know what day is it today thursday yeah it, it's going well things are going well wow okay yeah. that so makes there's that fantastic. yep cool swam a little bit also and uh probably at least got out for one bike ride and a couple of swift rides you know nothing too crazy nice well done yeah but, 
Evan. You know, Matt, this will Matt, this will probably be the first week this year that you outrun me distance wise. Yeah. Might be you get ever. To, maybe ever. Maybe you ever. get to you get to claim that one. Well, I sorry, simultaneously. Think, that I think you might even I bet you like you snuck out for some sort of run and you're like, well, I'll just do a twelve miler. Whoops, have, there goes I Matt's. Not, <laughs> I have I have not snuck out for a twelve miler zero. in the last few days. You're a zero yeah. in a week? A big a big goose egg, yes. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll let Evan go next, but real quick, leading into that, I had a really busy weekend last week, and I'm going to do my, my back pedal sure. real quick, and it was one of those weeks last week where it was just terrible. I didn't get much of anything, and it was just Zwift, or not Zwift, and uh, RGT, and mm-hmm. I didn't even ride last weekend, and just because I was so busy doing family stuff, and then at the end of the week, because I was kind of disconnected, um, actually, it wasn't even the end of the week, it was Monday morning, I'm like, oh, Evan, he raced this past week, and yeah. I'm like trying to look up I'm trying to find like why results. can't i find evan in the results and i go and look at his stuff and i'm like what <laughs> so um backpedal over evan your turn go yeah yeah i have i have i have just an awesome backpedal i mean yeah. i you know i just love i'm just gonna love reliving these last seven days but uh, so you know i last week i'm not sure, i actually think this happened after the podcast so my my car got broken into uh, Tuesday oh my after, after about a 10 hour day at work. So, you know, like if, if I could ever plan how not to taper, this is, this is this backpedal, like a perfectly <laughs> bad taper. Isn't it? So the car got broken into, um, you know, the Cassie was absolutely amazing. It helped me handle the situation because, you know, I'm driving back home from Portland while it's pouring rain. I'm not sure if any of you remember last Tuesday, but it was like the torrential downpour day. Yeah. So I'm driving home with my window completely smashed in and I had nothing to cover it with coming back from work. So I am just driving with cold pouring rain coming into the car, 45 minute drive home. I get home, obviously pretty angry about the whole situation, which I truly do believe that stress definitely drives sickness. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that being that stressed helped. And uh, by later that night, I was already feeling sick and then woke up Wednesday and did not feel good, but was was holding on, you know. So in my head, I thought I just am stressed, basically, is it. So go to work, work another long day, get to the end of Wednesday, and I have my, like, pre-race bike workout and feel like absolute garbage, but was able to get through the intervals at least. And then Thursday, we travel just still in my head thinking like, you know, you're going to feel better. Just like get a good night's rest under you at some point. And strangely enough, the swims were actually feeling good. You know, I get to Palm Springs and start to feel okay. And uh, it was, you know, the whole trip as a whole was a lot of fun. I, I, I really love going to these races, honestly. It's great meeting a lot of the, you know, pros and get to see these guys again. And you know, Josh and Ari Clow were there staying with us, so they were both ready to go. And I think the Thursday and Friday, I'm like kind of faking it to myself that I feel good and that I should be able to race. But there was this like impending sense of doom each time I was training that like, okay, you're hitting the numbers, but God, this does not feel good. It just doesn't feel good. You know, I, I, I even hit my my um, pre-run, uh, pre-race run actually went really well on Friday. So in my head, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, you're just like mentally just still stressed from Tuesday. You just get over it and, you know, be a professional and get ready for a race. So Saturday, feeling okay after like another nine hours sleeps. Cassie still says that, you know, my voice wasn't sounding good and there was something in my lungs. And uh, so we get to get to race day and, you know, we're, we're me, me and Ari are doing our pre-race jog. 
And just even during the pre-race jog at like, you know, six, 6 a.m. or whenever that is, I'm just, I'm just not feeling good. Like I just, I know that there's something, something's off and I'm trying to fake it at this point. And if anybody's ever done Palm Springs before that water is like 57 degrees. So it was freezing this year. It was very, very cold. And usually I do well in cold water, but we hop in the water to warm up and it's just this major, just like constrictive feeling in my chest. Like I cannot get a deep breath. And, and in my, even at this point, I mean, we're like 10 minutes away from the start. And in my completely psychotic head, I'm thinking like, don't worry, man, the gun's going to go off and you're going to feel great. Like just all, all of a sudden, everything will feel fine. And we start that race. I, I actually got in not bad position for the first like 200 meters. And then all of a sudden I could not, I really could not breathe. Like very constrictive feelings, a lot of panic kind of went up to Wade for a second, tried to stick my head back in and go again, and then really, really could not breathe. And luckily there was a med boat right next to me. And uh, they pulled up next to me and kind of, you know, they I could see them motioning towards me. And I look back and the women's field is starting at that point. And I'm already 100 meters back on the, on the back of the pro men's field. And I get to be the guy on outside TV that gets mentioned as, oh, he's getting pulled out of the water. So... By far no one, the most first embarrassing. Of all, no one watches outside TV. I don't know, <laughs> I know anyone. I know. I've never heard so, of outside so TV. All, Is that when you go outside s- and you bring a TV? <laughs> no one knows. No, no. It's for it's for all the people who are outside. You know, it's it, it's their TV, which I, means nobody's actually watching it. So. Right. I feel sorry for because I think they charge for that. Like they all have like a seven subscription people. model or something like that. That's all seven that's people that had to witness me getting pulled out of the water. I want to apologize to personally. Even, even so. your mom doesn't pay. <laughs> she doesn't even pay for that to watch no, her son no. race. Okay. No, my mom, my mom doesn't even know how to work outside TV. Not a single no human being no uses does. this. So I'm pretty sure that there were more people watching somebody's random Instagram live feed than there oh, were yeah. actually on outside TV. Easily. But, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I got, I got pulled out of the water. Strangely enough, the guy who pulled me out in the med boat is a, is a old time Ironman pro. The guy oh, was a pro cool. in the eighties. So it was funny. He was That's telling really me a cool. story about how he made it a hundred meters into Kona swim once and then pulled out. So, you know, I mean, it was obviously I'm mad at myself in the moment, not feeling good, but this guy was hilarious. So it actually made it feel a little bit better. This guy was telling some pretty funny stories on our, on our very slow boat ride back to the med tent start. So got out, was able to find Cassie, and then basically was just, you know, I was like, all right, you can mope, mope and pout about it, or you can go out on course and give Josh and Ari and everybody, you know, that mm-hmm. I know splits all day. So we went out on course and was giving everybody splits all day. I was still kind of confused as to what happened. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to take any guesses on what's going on or if it was just me losing my mental game or not, but we got, we got back to, uh, Washington and right away, you know, I take a COVID test and it's, it's positive. So then, uh, then then that's, that's kind of comforting to know for you, Evan, then, then you just, you just got COVID and that's what laid out your lungs and it wasn't you just losing your cool. You know what I mean? Not just, yeah, I mean, just not losing focus. It was, you can actually blame it on something and not yourself. I know. I know. I mean, it's it like, in theory, I was thinking that that was going to make me feel better, but now I'm, I'm, you know, getting all this information from talking with my coach and a bunch of other athletes at a race, and they're like, 
oh god man you know you got to take it easy now you might have like you know you might have thrown yourself into long covid because you tried to yeah. race with it and all that yeah and, that's what i've you know, read I, is that you have to yeah. really you have to really take it easy if you have covid so yeah good luck i mean with that I'm, price. I'm i'm lucky i'm <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I feel pretty good, in all honesty. And I'll, I really don't think I'm going to have too many issues with it long term. I, I think I had a pretty light bout. I mean, I, I think if you know, I, I feel pretty lucky to be somebody who could have like trained with COVID. Like yeah. I know a lot of guys that that were having the rougher, you know, for for instance, I know I was hearing the story on Javier Gomez. Like Javier Gomez was like laid up for seven days. Like I was definitely not laid up. I I feel like I've got a lighter dose of this thing, if anything. So well, I mean, even even my experience was was bad, where I was really sick yeah, for a week, and my lungs were affected for a couple months. But I was back on the bike for in like ten days or something yeah. like that. And there's been other people like yeah. like Starla Tendergreen. I don't know if you know her. She was a former pro that lived here in in vancouver but um she moved to colorado she was in the lifetime grand prix and she didn't get to do a single race oh. because oh, wow. she got covid in january or february and and it laid waste to her immune system right and she didn't ride a bike yeah. for like eight months it took me and, a lot longer so yeah, for me i was so, like i felt like i was okay after five days and then it, but then it was like another five or seven days after that to where I felt like I could exercise again. Yeah. Like it was, it was weird. Like I thought I was going to bounce back so fast and I was like, ugh, I just can't you exert just, yourself. You just can't exert too much. So, but go this, slow yeah. price. But for Evan, for you, this is, this was like the end to this yep. season. It's so, so it's kind of good timing for it. It is. If perfect it could timing. be any Oh, time. yeah. Right. I mean, if there, if there was any timing for this, this, I mean, it would have been nice if this had happened like <laughs> Two days after later. the race and obviously, yes. <laughs> and not obviously like right, right during the race. But I mean, it, you know, it's, I, I feel pretty lucky that it was at least a light enough dose that I'm not like laid up and stuck in Palm Springs for a while or like not able to move off the couch or anything. So yeah, I had to I, rent, I had I to rent a hotel in Grand Junction. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. I was yeah. stuck. I, and I, I remember leave. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel very lucky that it, it's not as bad as it, as obviously it could have been. And, you know, me being also a coach, I think of everybody I coach, God, I would probably say 95% of them have had COVID and it's, yep. It's, it's, it's a pretty wide gamut. I mean, I know Josh had, I think I'm speaking correctly, Monda had COVID and I mean, he came back just fine. And after a couple of days of feeling like poop and that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I have yeah. zero plans, luckily with it being the end of the season to do any, like anything beyond zone two and a very aerobic work for the next, like even two weeks would be fine with me. So yeah, I think that's what it'll take. No, no, no rush coming back. And we'll see how, how structured intervals feel after, after a nice easy week, probably next week. So going back to the brace real quick. Um, I think when we last talked, we were talking about like the potential people that could potentially come back and win. And Nevin was calling his shot that he was going to beat Sam Long. And I don't know. I'm telling you, I think he's just saving it up. He's going to go down there and he's going to wreck shop. What happened down there, Evan? Man, Sam Long had one heck of a day. It was it was an interesting yeah. race to watch because with this being an end of season race, you never know what type of fitness guys are coming in with and yeah. who's like and who really wants to win the race. There's a lot of fast guys, but you don't know who's, who's in, you know, who, who's in what shape. So the, the, the big surprises of the day, 
I wouldn't call Sam winning a, a, a surprise, right. but he, he, he definitely showed that. I mean, he's still got great 73 fitness, yeah. which I think any, anybody who's been in his circle isn't surprising at all. He just hasn't been able to put it together this season over the full he, distance. He but needed a good race, didn't he? He did. He, he, he really needed a good confidence builder going into next year. So he, he had a great race. Lionel's issue was, so Lionel was next to me in the swim and ended up actually pulling up at one point. So he, he panicked in the water and just wasn't able to get into a rhythm. It, it was very cold water. So it was, you know, I don't think Lionel does well in freezing cold water and he just, you know, struggled with it. So he had a rough swim, but then hopped off and does his usual, you know, huge bike, bike field, ride. Yeah. yeah. Bikes through the field and then throws down, you know, I think he had the fastest run split on the day or second fastest behind Bart Arnaud. So, mm. I mean, guys, guys were just running crazy. So it was, uh, it was definitely a day for uh, a really good run. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you had Matt, Matt McElroy uh, kind of struggled through, you know, I think he was fifth, maybe um, a guy who was, who was maybe going to threaten for the podium just showed that he can't hang with the, uh, with the big bikes like Sam and Jackson laundry and Bart Arnaud. And uh, a big, big result was actually a guy who I got to meet before the race and talk with a lot is Justin real who just had his first pro race and he uh, ended up sixth. He's wow. a big, I mean, big time swim biker and just ha- showed that he can hang on on the run. So uh, going into next year, he's going to be, he's, he's going to be a threat for a lot of top tens in, in big races. So how about the women's it, uh, race? Did you watch the women's race? Oh yeah. Yeah. got to, got to see uh, uh, Tamara Jewett almost run down Paula Finley, which was, which was a very interesting race. Yeah. It was, Paula, Paula put in some ridiculous bike just to basically yep. give herself the win and then did have to end up holding on on the run. I think that she was hoping that Tamara wasn't going to run as fast as she did, but Tamara Jewett had one of the fastest runs, period. She ran 114 low. Wow. So our, arguably at the race, kind of the, the, the word with the pros is Tamara Jewett outside of Beth Potter may be the best runner in, in female triathlon right now, period. So there's, there's nobody who can hang with her over a half marathon. And she is, she's running numbers that would run through part of the men's pro field too. So it's, I mean, she's, she's, if she can figure out how to lessen the amount of time that she loses over the bike, she will definitely be somebody who can threaten for a world championship. Cool. And she's young too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's like maybe mid twenties, maybe late twenties at oldest. Yeah. Yeah. Just real quick, uh, based on like conditions and the race itself and all of the fun things that went into that, knowing your fitness, um, how do you think you would have uh, finished had you not obviously gotten sick first? I would have won. won. I would have won. won the whole thing. Yeah, you, were gonna, you, you called your shot. You said you were going to crush Sam Long. So, I mean, yeah. No, um, you know, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to, especially after next year, be at the point in my career when when it just comes down to like you either raced on the day or, or you didn't. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the point I want to get to is where, is where the only results that matter to me are, are how I raced against the people on the day and not as much like the times and the splits, because the, the fitness is getting to the point where I know on my very, very best day, I can put down a really fast time, but it's what, what do you do on the day with the, with the players and the moves that were made? So, gotcha. I mean, I, yeah. I think I would have swam, my swim has been doing great lately. I think I could have swam in the 27s, which would have still put me off of the mid pack. I would have been a little bit off the mid pack. And then I think, um, 
honestly, my, my bike was feeling great. And I know that a lot of the guys, just the way the race played out, because there weren't a lot of groups, uh, there wasn't a lot of hard biking out there. So I do, I do think I could have actually put a lot of time into guys, moved up the field, and really the, the position I probably would have ended up in was between 11th and 14th, just knowing the guys that were there and, and, and where everybody ended up. I don't think I had a top 10 day because sure. – Eduardo, uh, Eduardo and Ari both ran, ran, you know, Ruckshaw. They, they, they moved Ari through run? the field really well, uh, one thirteen forty and change. And then yeah. Eduardo ran one thirteen high. So they, they both really were, were moving well. And I'm not a guy who can run in the one thirteens yet. So I would have probably come off, I think a little bit ahead of both of them mm-hmm. and probably would have run one fifteen or one sixteen and gotten run down by, by Ari and Eduardo, probably they're, in the, the in that first lap or near the beginning of the second lap would have been would have been fun what it could have should have though you know <laughs> well get healthy and we'll do it next year you know it's not a big deal exactly yeah a lot of lot of racing planned for next year we might actually have nine races so wow it'll be yeah yeah it'll it'll be a big racing season Starting I, to look I, at as the I calendar was, huh yeah, as I, as I was joking, oh yeah, but most of the year's already planned. But as I was joking with Ari after the race is, you know, uh, Lionel has an old video where he he gets all angry about a bad race result and jokes that he doesn't want to be a good trainer anymore. He wants to be a good racer. And I was, you know, I was telling him the same thing. I'm like, I, I'm tired of practicing well. I want to race well. Gotcha. Man, I'm sorry you got sick and I'm sorry that happened to you. But you know what? It's, it's life. That yep. stinks, it man. is. Yeah. Not- it is, man. It's probably not going to be it's the last fine. time either, and you'll just have to learn how to, you know, move on. No, you know, uh, the 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 biggest bummer for me wasn't even the race. Is actually I have a a really stupid streak in my life that I have never missed an adult day of work in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday well, was the du- first day of work I missed. <laughs> oh, it was it was so. So now the, 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 the dumbest streak of my life, that would be a dumber streak than just biking for 500 <laughs> straight days, honestly. Right. And that's, <laughs> so, you so finally, finally took a, that, that, took a that day streak off gets on put Wednesday. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that stinks, man. No, uh, it's fine. People get sick. Speaking of things that stink, Lance, you're a little right. I do Back stink. Pedal. You're a little right, dude. <laughs> what do you want to hear about? Oh, God. Well, we have checked in with you uh, when you were on I lo- did, location. I did listen to the podcast that you guys recorded while I was gone, and I I felt all the hate. It was good. It mm-hmm. it fueled it fueled my fueled passion. Rage. <laughs> it fueled fueled my rage for the next year. Good, no, good. it's good. Um, yeah, my my trip was amazing. It good. it really was. I mean, I just got back last night. I we, it was four weeks. I was gone four almost four full weeks, which is it's crazy. It is crazy. It was a lot. Um, you it, glad to be home? I am very glad to be home. Your dog, your dog miss you? My, our dog, like, ridiculously, yeah, she she wouldn't leave my side all day. I had I had a thousand errands and fires to put out this morning yeah. already. I'm still dealing with them. It, it turns out to be gone for a month. Not so good when you run your own business. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that were happening. Anyway. So I'm, here's here's what I'm curious about. This I was thinking about, I don't know earlier today or yesterday or something did you have more fun off the boat like when you were like tooling around and taking taking a van and going to random places than when you were on the cruise with all the good food and the blah 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 Uh, dude i massive drinking massive drinking i yeah i i had coke zeros every day okay (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it, it was it was two very different experiences. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, I you know the the cruise. This was a Viking cruise. They are they are known for their luxury. Yep. And it's, they're not like party boats, but they're known for their luxury. I, I like I do not fit in. I sent you guys a little right. video. They're like grand piano <laughs> there playing. Was like, there was like a string quartet playing and a grand piano. We were at we were at afternoon tea. Ooh. <laughs> Where you know what is that? There, it's a it's an English thing. It's a European thing where where you know you have tea and like cucumber sandwiches and like yeah. little and you're and, like and macaroons and little desserts. Yeah. And you were like, this tea is is fabulous, but can I have a sloppy Joe, please? <laughs> Could you say a, a vegan and a monster and a monster? I like a monster. monster and a chili burger. Pronto. Pronto. So it, yeah, so I didn't fit I in well. I don't really quite fit in with yeah. the crowd, you know. Which, but we we go because it's a really great way to see countries yeah. and not or see different cities and not have to, you know, not have to unpack every night. Mm. So it's different. Of course, you you pay for the luxury and you're really being pampered. And you know, sometimes those types of things are fun if you can afford them to do. But um, to be honest with you. Dirtbagging around in the van was way funner for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we had we had no plan, yeah, no yeah. schedule. It was just let's go, let's just see what we can see. Right. And, you know, and we ended up seeing way more things than we had planned to. So, you know, it was two very different trips where we spent these ten days in the van just tooling around, you know, Germany and mm-hmm. France and Austria and saw all these amazing things and got to make our own plans and go our own way and, you know, sleep in rest stops and find weird restaurants. And, you know, that stuff was was fantastic. Then four or five days in Amsterdam, which is an amazing city. It, it is mm-hmm. a very cool city where everybody bikes. Like, right. they're even, like, they're starting to close down more and more streets downtown. They want to turn the whole downtown area car-free. Right. And so there, but there's all this great infrastructure. Can you imagine the riots in the streets here. If people like, if municipalities yes. like, you could close down in, streets. You I mean, could do it in certain locations. Like you could do it in like a couple. Of, like you could pick a couple of streets in Portland. You could easily do it in downtown Camas. Sure. You just take those things car free, and you say like delivery only. Yeah. Like the vehicles that are delivering packages and stuff like that. Yeah. I still think that there would be riots in there the streets. Would. People would be like pitchforks and yep. well, yeah. even in the Netherlands, you know, they're like the taxi drivers aren't happy about the bikers. About no. They're all they all love the bikers, but the fact that they're trying to turn more of it car free. Oh, right. You yeah. know. But I mean, spending those few days there was fantastic. Did you ever get pulled over for not having a bike light? I've heard that's like a thing. That is a thing. That's a thing. No, I rode with a bike light. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Front and rear? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's there's actually... I think it's just this time of year, though. There's bike cops. Okay. And and yeah, they will pull you over and give you a ticket if you're riding at night without a rear red light and a front white light. Because because the bikes have right-of-way, even over the cars. Yeah. If you're riding, you know, there's like, there's the driving lane and then a dedicated like protected bike lane and sure. then the sidewalk, and so you have to every every turn you made, you had to check both directions for cars and then both directions for bikes. Did you have any close calls? I did not okay. because I was like hyper vigilant mm. of like as when I was driving around, I didn't have any close calls. Um, biking. Uh, no, I mean, I, we rode our bikes every day. 
was most everybody on a commuter bike or was yes. it just yeah yeah, yeah. no helmets no it's just helmets. like you're going everyone's going five miles an hour yes with a foot almost yeah. a foot down right eight it's miles like, an hour city bikes yeah, yeah, yeah baskets on the front or you know it's everybody's on a city bike huh. nobody's clipped in right you know yeah it's so it's it's just a different culture yeah. did you see any um what do they call the long bikes with the they, there cargo, were hundreds, cargo, bikes. Like cargo bikes. bikes. Thank you. There were yeah. hundreds of them. Those are cool. There were hundreds of them. Ones that had. Could you kid throw your kids in there? Ones that had like four people in them yeah. because you know the guy had two kids there <clears throat> and then a kid behind him. Yeah. And were they e-bikes or were they most of most of the big cargo bikes are e-bikes? Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, I was. Do you want to move to Amsterdam? Dude, it was a really cool city. Could we could just go move this podcast yeah. over? We could just <laughs> move it on over. Yeah, we we really enjoyed it. it I. I'm very happy to be back, you know, yeah. it, because when you spend that much time somewhere else, it, you, you just, you forget the the way that you're living your own life. It's just, it's very different. But um, yeah, I don't, man, that's cool. How would you contrast being over there cycling wise with here? I mean, obviously everybody's commuting over there. Did you kind of dig into like the, the bike riding racing I did. scene? So or? I, I rented a bike one day. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just went, I, I rode my computer bike over to the, <laughs> the, to the bike rental place to the yeah. bike rental place, and said, hey, I, I want to rent a road bike because I want to do like a 100K ride. And it's like, all right, super. And so he loaned me shoes. He loaned me a helmet. Nice. I rented wow. a bike. Um, and yeah, the roads, it, it, there's like dedicated bike paths out in the countryside that are like. Really? Yes. It's wow. like butter pavement everywhere. I mean, wow. there, there, there isn't a hill to be seen in that That's whole country. Right. That's true, yeah. You know, not in the Netherlands. So, but there were, yeah, there were serious people riding out there all the time. Really? I was like, I was salivating where the places you could ride around there. If you look at the cycling community here as a percentage of the overall population, the number of cyclists or the percentage of cyclists here is a pretty small number. Yes. How would you compare that to over there? Because, I mean, I, it sounds like, what you're saying is like almost everybody has a bike and rides it That's somewhat different. regularly. It's in, different than in the cities. Yeah, really. Than people it, that ride bikes, yeah, right? Well, just riding a bike in general it doesn't matter if it's a cyclist. It's out there training and racing and but on you Strava. See the, and, you see the difference, right? Oh, oh yeah, like for sure. Like the this is these are people just going like doing their daily whatever. Yeah, going to the grocery store, whatever. Okay, it's just so like all bikes. What would you say the percentage of cyclists are here in Portland, Vancouver? Maybe one percent. So yeah. maybe one percent. So I bet, so in the Netherlands or around Amsterdam, the cyclists are probably about 5%. Okay. But people who, who ride, ride bikes, bikes yeah. is like 98%. Yeah. And that is fantastic. It's because it's a whole does. like mental shift in terms of how you treat that community. Uh, right. You, you don't, you don't want to drive a car. Yeah. You get to the city. I just want to, you just park, park the car and you just ride the bike. We actually went and and rented like two city bikes for like three days so sure. that we could just ride the just city. Ride. It was just way easier to get around. It's so, got to be a wow. much more enjoyable way to see the city. Great. And it, the city was a little bit tighter quarters. Yes. So it's not like living here where we're in suburbia, if you Port, will. Portland could do this. It, for sure. They could. Camus could. could never do this. It's just too hilly and too, too hilly spread out. and too spread out. But, and Camus is. Yeah, I know that there's that's, that's weather and all that stuff that we deal here with here, but I know not a ton of people, but enough people to where it makes me go, huh, that's a thing, that commute from the Camas Vancouver area into Portland, and they can generally get there yep. in about the same amount of times and sometimes even faster on a bike. 
Yes. And they get there and they've had some exercise. They're happy. Yeah. They're, you know, they, they're not pissed off at the world because right. they've been dealing with traffic. I tell you what, what struck me the most was tooling around Belgium on that dumb little, um, so Belgium mm-hmm. is the country right next to the Netherlands. I mean, as an American, you don't even realize, right, on the folding bike. As an American, you don't even realize that Belgium and the Netherlands are actually different countries, <laughs> but, but they are actually different countries. They actually kind of don't like each other. But um, I, just taking that little weird folding bike down a random, like, cobblestone road, and yeah. I get to an intersection, and there were bike markers. I was in farmer's fields. They, I was in the middle of this weird city outside of Brussels, it was yeah. it was near where I went to the cyclocross race, and I you get to this little like the the T where the road ends, and there were like yeah. four bike markers, like like it was part of like five different bike routes that I could have been doing, you know, and they were everywhere, and the roads they were just they were it was like butter pavement. When they weren't cobblestone roads, like classic right. cobblestones, they like historical roads they didn't want to tear up. The pavement was just like butter everywhere. I wonder why. Wow. I I I don't know, but um yeah, that was it just that made me want to just like get on a bike and just Rip ride it. everywhere. Yeah. And then you know, like on Strava, I can see, okay, Greg Avermatt rides all over here. And right. this is this is the area where Matthew Vanderpool actually trains. And this is the area where I see that that Wout Van Aert is training, and they're all like rural areas of Belgium, more or less. So, wow, it's pretty cool to see a, a Strava segment that has those guys yes, on. Yes, has yeah. those names on it. Yeah. yeah. Or I, I'm going up this hill, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm really going for it on this dumb little foldable bike, and I get to the top, and I'm like, you were the thirty eight thousandth person to go up this, <laughs> this today, and that's because, you know, one one of the classic, you know. Uh, oh. Road races went right up that hill. Sure. Yeah, but didn't you say you checked Strava and not very many people were using it over there, and it was just you and some other guy from the states? On yeah, th- no, that or was, was that somewhere else. That was when I did the Roubaix Velodrome, and I went oh. the wrong direction. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and then there was another. Yeah, there was somewhere that I had rode. Yeah, I think you said that you went out there and you did a ride or something like that, and you uploaded, and, and of course oh. it was just you and one other like guy from the United States. That was in Amsterdam. Okay, in downtown Amsterdam, there's a there's a like a like a park, like Central Park. Sure, but there's a park, and there there were, I must have seen literally ten thousand people riding through this park because it was just part of the route that you would take to go from the you know right. into downtown. And so I ride my bike and I I Strava the whole thing and then I check Strava and nobody no had uploaded a ride. Strava. Nobody. Strava, you need to reach out to Amsterdam. <laughs> you can make a killing there. And that was the funny thing. It was only me and like one other American guy who had like actually Strava the ride and and I just Strava it because I was because I wanted to remember sure. where I had rode this dumb yeah. little bike. No, all I, over I would do that town. too for sure. So it was pretty crazy. I'd Strava everything. And you kind of did. I kind of did. <laughs> uh, every like every walk I did, or what about the recumbent rides on the the ship or the cruise? <laughs> yeah, I did those too yeah. as well. It was terrible. It was horrible. <laughs> yes. They didn't have like they didn't have an upright bike. Oh, man, you know, in the little, you know, people don't go on those <laughs> trips to to work out, and you're pretty busy all day long. So what are you busy with? I. You're eating? Yeah, eating. <laughs> 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 
Well, mostly eating. <laughs> there's there's all these great sights to see in the cities, right? Oh, okay. And so you're, so you're going out walking. You're out stuff. walking. You know, you come back and you eat, and then you get ready. You know, and then you go to sleep. So yeah, you're pretty much eating. It's like a veal. They just like lock you down and you cannot <laughs> exercise. Right. You just eat. I mean, I did walk a lot every day, but yeah. it yeah. was. So I've got a sneaking suspicion what one of these things is, but what's tugging at you to get back over there to go do again or see again or experience again? Oh, yeah. Um, getting a glimpse of the Alps. Okay. In, in, uh, in, in France and in Austria and in Germany and in Switzerland and not being able to ride any of those like climbs yeah. on a real bike. Yeah. Oh yeah. That just, why didn't you bust out that little foldable bike and go just, I just it didn't it, it didn't the timing didn't work. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> up, 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 <laughs> you imagine up Altuez. I don't know. We I we had to ride it up a hill and um in a couple spots and we ended up having to push it because it was a little single speed that wasn't. Oh, it was a single. Speed. It was a single speed. Oh no. Yeah, it didn't have any gears. So weren't you like almost spun out like fourteen miles an yes. hour or something like that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, did, it spun out very quickly. Oh. So it was. You're it was like all spun out, and Evan just goes jogging by you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this thing is not going to go fast. So the cyclocross race, um, was, you know, has to be something that you want to go experience and watch again. It, that was an absolute highlight of the whole trip. Yeah, you know, you know, to be there for a month, you know, and then to actually catch one this World Cup cyclocross race yeah. and see how. See, see how crazy the fans were. See the infrastructure and how they set it up, how yeah. the races were set up, how many beer tents they were, how many bathroom sections they were, where you could get food, where, you know, how the city it's shut like, down like for the race. like a carnival kind of atmosphere? Yes, okay. yes, completely. And, 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 and how they set up the infrastructure so, so people could walk and where there were crossings. And there were thousands and thousands of fans there just wow. watching. And drinking beer and watching yeah. and and eating weird hot dogs and you know it was. See, this is Lance like telling us subliminally he wants to go back and eat hot dogs and drink beer and watch cyclocross, <laughs> right? That doesn't sound too bad, actually. <laughs> what, what time of year would you go back if you were going to go back again? Um, I, you know, going during the off season was fantastic for mm -hmm. a tourist. Yep. Not going in the tourist high season. Yeah. Where the 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 sites where you would go as a tourist were not busy and it was still decent weather and you could still experience all those things. That stuff was very cool to go back, but, and have decent riding weather. I'd want to go during the summer. Yep. If I was going to, if I, if I wanted to go spend a week in the French Alps and just do some hill climbs or some yep. riding on all these classic roads, I would want to go in July. Sure. And you ride some of the classic roads, and you watch a, the tour. Watch the tour, and you know you kind of experience a little bit of that on both sides. I would really like to do that. It would be way, way busier than what we experienced, right? You know, but well, I, I'm even thinking of like the Greek islands and things like because that's where you are probably boating around or yes. whatever. I'm just like that stuff. I think is European summer vacation yes. month of August. I think is where it's just yes. you know it's it's. Quite crowded. Yeah, we so. went to Santorini and to the Isle of Crete and the Isle of Rhodes, and those are um, those are classic summer um, European, tourist, vacation. European yeah. vacation destinations. And tiny little towns that are they're really not roads; they're just alleys between the, you know, between the houses. And during the summer season, they are 
packed with people. Mm. And for us to be there in the off season, it was, we got to just explore them like almost on our own. It was, that was, that was really nice. So that was cool to see, but I want to go back. I would like to see, I would go and be there for a week and just watch a couple cyclocross races, you know, and travel to a couple different ones. That would be fantastic. I I love like sports photography. Obviously I love riding bikes too, but I love for, sports for photography. Oh, I yeah. like doing all that stuff. That'd and that neat. is my favorite. Um, I, I'd love like photo of my kids playing sports and soccer sure. and all that other stuff and some of the like mountain bike stuff. But the, the most fun I've ever had in the pictures that turn out the best are always the cyclocross ones. There's right. just Interesting. so much dynamic stuff that happens there. And there's like you get to move around the course and you can see all different kinds of obstacles and faces. And it's just it's a really fun time. I, I'd love to do that. Watching how like how the pros <laughs> warmed up or their systems they had set up or how they all had RVs and they had rollers outside their RVs that they would actually, you know, warm up on. They had three guys, you know, helping them out. I tried to take some videos of this stuff so that, sure. you know, I could can share some of those things, but just watch how they all did that. And that, and you walk down a street and there were 50 RVs and they were all individual athletes mm-hmm. base camps for the, for that day's race. And then the whole youth team section. I mean, nice. it, that, was, that was... So that how was is cool. our uh, tent setup going to differ in 2023 for cyclocross? <laughs> right. <laughs> you brought all of this back to the dial cycling team? Uh, you know, it would be... They all did it under awnings next to their... Um, their rigs? Their rigs. Yeah. They all had the awnings on their rigs and all did their... And they, none of them did warm-ups on the road like I always do. Yeah. They all did them on... Rollers. rollers on rollers or on trainers sure yeah so, makes sense i mean yeah. it's efficient and it's probably with as many people that are there there's probably not very many well, places you can go ride your bike around for these pros too for them to be like slap it into erg mode and be like this is your warm-up yes. designated to you by your coach you right. will follow this right versus go out on the road and who knows what you're dealing with a little right. bit of traffic and try, you're trying to get your two minutes of yep. tempo i mean th- those guys roll yep. right so they're not going to be going slow on the no. roads anyway so trainer makes sense yeah Trainer, trainers work. So that's fun. I did it. Uh, I I loved it way more than I thought I would. I mean, it was, I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking I should try to find a race to go see, and the fact that we were able to work that out was like just phenomenal. It was it was a very cool thing to. You experience. think you'll go back next winter, next summer, next? Yeah, like, you're already plotting and scheming over there. Plotting? I I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I have, you know, the wind. I, you have to see which way the wind's I just going. Have to see and which then, way is the wind oh, going? Up, oh, taking well, the van. We're going south. Well, part right? of the reason I did this trip to begin with was because I had a crap year personally, myself, yeah. physically wise, and I knew I wasn't racing well, so I didn't stick it out for the whole cyclocross season. Right. I bailed early so I could go over there and just explore during the off season. But if I'm fit, I'm not going to want to. True. Squander that, yeah. I'm not gonna want to squander that. Yeah, because that's fair. I don't know how many fit years I will have left. You can't, you can't take them for granted. You know. Yeah, that's true. So, so how many days are on the countdown timer until you take off for Hawaii? Oh Oh. yeah, going to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) That's my that's my guess that he's leaving for Hawaii probably about five weeks or four weeks, January or February. We we always go January or February. Okay. Yep. So we're going too. We have you? Yeah, good. (laughs) We haven't planned it yet. So I don't have it planned yet. Okay. okay. So it'll, but it will be in either January or February that I'll go. <laughs> I usually try to. It depends on when training camp is. Training so, camp, yeah, that'll be March fourth to the eleventh. Yeah, ish, somewhere, give or take a day. Either that week sides. or the week before. Sure. Yeah. 
So yeah, so we're we're trying to figure out. How I to think make I'm going to be like the first full week of February, sixth through the tenth that week. Which I'll be there, Maui. I think in Maui. Yeah, and I think like Evan and David Goodman. Like there might be a group of people there. Like I don't know. Like my family might be in a slightly different location, but you put it on your calendar. Bring your bike. Hey, maybe we should. Maybe you should. I don't know which island you usually we go to. We always go to the big island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you're a triathlete. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not the island that we're going to be on, right, Matt? No, I don't think You'll so. You'll be on Maui. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I know nothing about the Hawaiian I know. islands outside Me of either. that. There's more than one of them. I this will be the first time I've <laughs> ever gone with the fam. Like no one, we don't know what we're doing. We're like, oh, there's more than one Hawaii. Come on. <laughs> Oh, I know. I like like what when we were going to Kona, people asked me like, "Oh, what island are you going to?" I was like, "Kona." They're like, "That's a city." I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what that means." That's just it. we just go where we're told. Okay, smile yeah, and exactly. be happy. <laughs> but I I am really glad to be back. I mean, it was a long time to be gone. We're happy to have you back too. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was it was a really cool experience. I mean, we had we had very little. We didn't have really any issues. I thought the van, I thought driving around the van could yeah. be potentially difficult. We didn't have any trouble at all other than, other than we didn't have a shower, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, But what's new? Yeah. But, right, that's but true. you just kind of figure that out, you know? You, you took a shower kinda, on the, that cruise ship. That's right. I took, <laughs> I took plenty in there. So. All right, right on. Hey, uh, Champ here. Champ Champ Bailey. Did did Champ Bailey come back or did you leave him on a boat? Champ Bailey is here and there's hardly anything to talk about. Yeah, there's a few things going on, but yeah. So, um, there, the biggest cyclocross race last weekend, um, we finally had Tom Pidcock, uh, Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Van Art all race together in the same race. So quite exciting. And guess who won? Vanderpool. Vanderpool, yeah. Vanderpool pulled it out. Uh, Wout was only about 23 seconds back. Would so. he have beat him if he didn't go fly an ass over tea kettle? Yeah, uh, uh, misjudged one of those bears, bunny hopping. One? Yep. yep. It, this was Wout misjudged. Matt, did I say Vanderpool? Yeah. No. Okay, well, I'm talking about Wout, so... Wout misjudged a barrier yeah, and, and went down. down yep. Well, he was only 23 seconds down. So well, I don't know when Vanderpool is is like healthy. It's hard He's to hard, yeah. Beat on a cyclocross course. But Wout is a demigod. He is. So it should be interesting to see. I don't think Wout is planning on doing the World Championships, but yeah. um, but I think Vanderpool is. Oh, really? I think so. Maybe. Wants to take a run at it. He's like, I don't Maybe. like this Pitcock guy wearing the rainbow stripes. Pitcock was in it, but it's kind of funny. Um, he's kind of <coughs> with Wout there and with Vanderpool there. Pitcock is is kind of an also ran, which is kind of interesting. He's like the little brother. Like, come on, guys, wait up, guys, come on, <laughs> right. come on. I want to be like you. <laughs> well, if it's dry and and there's a lot of climbing, it favors him. Sure. If it's sandy and muddy, it favors the power guys. Sure, which would be Wout. And Vanderpool, so that that could be interesting, and but um, Pitcock was in it until I think this the last lap, he his wheel broke. Yeah, he had another mechanical. He's, yeah. What, what what group set is he running? What I, wheels is he running? Do you know? He's on a Pinarello uh-huh. uh, frame, uh, something think. fancy that Ineos built. Yeah, but I don't know what wheels he's on or what group set. Mm. But his his wheel broke and ended up like not finishing. He yeah. Broke. I saw a video of him walking 
it's just to finish the race. I yeah. think maybe we just get back. He to, started to run to finish, and then he went, "What the crap am, am I, I doing? doing?" And yeah. he stepped off the course. <laughs> <laughs> he just went over the the fence. So, but um, uh, that is all I know. I don't know anything else that happened. Well. We are kicking off uh, cross champs national championships oh, right yes. now. Oh uh, yes, cycle cross national championships started this week in Correct. Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. It is it is Thursday, There's... so the men's, the women's elite and men's elite races are on Sunday. I they're believe. both on the same day, or they're going to do Saturday and Sunday, and something like that. Uh-huh. I, I'm not sure, but I know that they're this weekend, and all the age group races ha- are already happening. Yep. They started yesterday, Wednesday, and today. Thursday. Anyone we know there? Um, we do have a teammate there, uh, Whitney Hayden, who is 11. Yep. She's Very 11, cool. and she is headed out there, or she's already... She probably she's racing she's, today. She's, I think so, and I got to go check. The, I haven't looked up the, the results yet to see who's raced and all that other stuff, so I'm completely blind on that, but she went out there with the number one ranking in the country. Really? Yeah. For her age group, wow. she's ranked number one. Fantastic. So, I mean... It's it muddy. It's raining out there. Yeah. The weather's crap. Um, but she does fine in any condition. Hey, um, yeah. And now that doesn't mean anything. There's could be much faster kids out there. But if I'm not mistaken, if you're the number one ranked, aren't you like the number one call up too? So you're gonna get yeah, you like get a, a nice position. Yeah. 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 So that that could bode well. So we'll have to maybe look that up while we're doing the podcast and see if she's raced already. Um, Clara, do you think she's gonna three peat? Yes, I do. Okay. Barring any kind of mechanical or yes. anything like that, you think she's going to three-peat I, it? I don't think there is another woman American racer who, especially if it's muddy, Clara yeah. will win it. What are weather conditions out there? It's 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 nasty and rainy. It's I mean, not frozen, but it's just been, it's it's been raining. It's pretty cold, too. It's so. been cold, yeah. Probably right up her alley. It should be right up her alley. The the On the men's side, um, really, Eric Bruner has been kind of winning Everything that he wants to win in the U.S. Uh-huh. This he's been beating uh, the other favorites, Kerry Werner and Curtis White. So um, I'd love to see one of those guys actually win a national championship. Neither of them have won a national championship yet, but uh, uh, it's kind of it's kind of Bruner's year. So that should be interesting to see what happens to there. Cool. Anything else there, Mr. Champ Bailey? Um, no. Champ out. Champ out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a couple things that I want to talk about here. You guys don't know what they are yet. I'm going to throw at you. It's not hot seat. It's just stuff that I want to talk about. I want to know your guys' like hot takes on these things. Hot takes. Um, the first thing, and I think Evan's going to probably have something to say about this one as well. Um, Mr. Chris Froome is uh, claiming that he is now seeing strange heart rates and VO max uh, changes in him since having COVID. And my big question is, is this just like a big excuse for him to exit stage left and like blame it on COVID, use COVID as the scapegoat? Or do you think, I mean, there very well could be some stuff there, but he's kind of been down for a little bit. He really is hanging on longer than you yeah. would expect a champion to hang on. That's yeah, true. that's true. So th- my question to you guys is, um, we know that COVID can definitely wreak havoc on an athlete and all that other fun stuff, but should he have already hung it up by now and, and not use this as an excuse for his paltry showing or his numbers or just going into the, the 2023 season? I yep. mean, I think he's, he's pro I mean, he's probably seeing heart rate and power and physiology changes because he's an aging former champion. So I don't, I, you know, I, I would say that if he had any major respiratory sickness, he was going to see a small acceleration in that. 
And I mean, if he's just seeing the, 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 the result of, of that now, I mean, he's probably just announcing it to the world that like, Hey, I'm not as fit as I used to be before, which everybody already knew, but the poor guy has to realize at some point. And that's, you know, I mean, he's still, you, you line up Chris Froome in most races and he's still a solid, you know, member of the Peloton, but I mean, is he anything more than that now? No. I mean, he's obviously well past his days of being able to sit at the front and, and make moves and be that guy. Um, but I think that's hard to, to come to grips with when you're a, when, when, when you're a world champion, when, when, when you're a true champion, you know, it's, it's hard to realize that maybe your, your not human days are done. I'll play devil, devil's advocate because no one else is going to on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I think that, you know, long-term cycling, long-term endurance athletics for runners and all these people, you, you can see these little, like, um, heart ir- irregularities and things like that. There's been some articles that have been posted recently. Um, I think Velo News actually did one. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, who else has really kind of explored the topic. Uh, there's some, there's one, like, famous cycling writer that's written quite a bit about the, the topic so I'm wondering if Chris Froome, you know, with a combination of COVID is starting to see some of these uh, arrhythmias or something like that as far as how what's going on with his heart. Um, maybe there's some sort or of... Or are we just seeing the results of of doping long-term on, on the cardiac Ooh. system? I, I mean, especially if, possibly. you know, like I, I, I actually know the article you're talking about, Matt. I, I'm pretty sure you're right. It was Velo News. And it's... One, I think it's a little clickbaity because this is already a topic that a lot of people have talked about. Matt, you probably remember this from the running world. Just for a long time, they they really believed that like, man, elite level marathoning might like you might have a higher chance of sudden cardiac death. And it's it's not it's 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 not that the you have an increased risk right. from the general population. There no. th- there was no data to show that it was that it made news more often because if if a wildly a unhealthy type two. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so if a wildly unhealthy type two diabetic dies of a sudden cardiac issue, that doesn't make news. Right. If if a guy who rides up mountains on a bicycle all day all of a sudden keels over dead, yes, that's that's going to make a news cycle. So, you know, I mean, is is there is there some teeth to that? Absolutely. But I think also it just comes down to if you've been a top level aerobic athlete yep. for a long time, I mean, at some point the the aerobic system is going to start to not respond to the stimulus of training. Well, and that's probably the point that we're seeing with Chris Froome. So for you, Evan, you're going to be like prime suspect for, you know, if I was a doctor, if I was your doctor and I was like, okay, when you're 50 or 60, we're going to start looking for some of these things because you're right. Yeah. You know, it's not that it's necessarily going to result in you like keeling over and dying, but you can get some weird arrhythmias and some things that can be fixed with like, um, not that it's a procedure that's easy, but they do the ablation where they go yes. in and they just, uh, yep. I think they are, they're like, they like cauterize a, a section a, of the heart, the valve or yeah. something, right. Or, so or it, something with the electrical yeah, piece. Electrical well, piece no, heart, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so, um, but it, I think it's pri- primarily done with atrial fibrillation just because that that's a, that's a poor timing, um, uh, in the electrical signal that goes okay. to the heart, so you can ablate, ablate, or you can literally laser those mm-hmm. those areas yeah. that are but that it, are misfiring. It's interesting that they're seeing an, a large amount of those cases in former endurance athletes, and I think that that's where that Velo News article was was interesting, in my opinion. Yes, I don't think 
you know, maybe it is clickbaity, right. but I think that there's probably some real logic to that. I I don't know for sure. But again, like I said, if I was your doctor and you were and Evan was 60 years old, I'd be like, all right, well, if you if you notice your heart doing weird stuff, let's look at it. It's not because you've been a chain smoker your yeah, whole life, right, right? Right. But it's, you know, you have definitely put your heart under stress for a longer period of time than the average, you know, Joe American. Yes. Yes, I, I'm still of the mindset that oh, yeah. that on the grand, grand average, it's our our hearts are great at adapting, and you just basically continue to to increase your your life's quality and longevity as an endurance athlete. But I do agree with you, Matt. I think, but what I to, to play as devil's advocate on sure. it, I think sometimes too, and this is this is what uh, I was actually talking with David Goodman about this is, oh, uh, yeah. us as aerobic athletes are much more aware of changes in cardiac function and capacity, because obviously we, we are, we're at that threshold all the time. So, so we're very aware of when these things are happening. Your, your general population is not always aware of They're, when, of when these are going on. Yeah. For you to and, be like, Oh, my heart rate was, it should be at 160 and all of a sudden it just yes. jumped to 185. You're like, that would freak you out. Whereas, you know, yep. me, let's say that I'm eating Cheetos and I'm sitting on the couch and my heart rate <laughs> spikes a little bit, it might not notice it. You know, right. Right. Yeah. No, no. And that's, and, and, and so I think that when you have to look at medical data, you, you have to also ask the question, we, we always talk about this in PT is, is who's reporting. So it's, right. if, if you're somebody who's going to be noticing a symptom more, does that mean that your type of person is experiencing that symptom more or is it just, are you reporting it more? And I, and I think that that's, that's what we see with endurance athletes is we're very hyper aware of cardiac changes. Now I, I do agree with you. I think, I think at the very tippy top is, is there a chance that if you were somebody who chronically overtrained, didn't respect your recovery, maybe doped, maybe flirted with that edge that we always talk about as elite athletes, could you do damage to your heart? Absolutely. That, that just makes sense. Like if you're, if you're trying to fly that close to the sun for that long, like if you were, let's say that as terrible as this sounds, let's say that Marco Panettone had never died. Right. I would put money on Marco Panettone having right. issues. Some sort of heart issue. Cardiac. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking amphetamine use along with massive amounts of EPO and training 30, 40 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're overusing your cardiac system at that point without respecting its recovery. Interesting. Don't know. So I don't think any of us know the answer to this. Is no. is what? It yeah, sounds exactly. Like. But and, none and, of us are cardiologists. Well, and I think it's going to be hard too to like tease out that particular data. So do you think we'll see a full season from him? From from? Yeah. No. You think he's done? Hell, this is the end. Nah, I think I think I think he'll hang around for another year or two, make some appearance fees, and then he'll be done. Well, what's his contract? I mean. He's still getting. That's paid a good question. Actually, still getting paid five million a year, and it's for another year. Yeah, I was one gonna say year. he's got one more year. Yeah. If my memory serves me correct, so yeah. it would be a perfect time He'll for make him it to next finish year. his contract out, and then that might be it. I well, just, I mean, he showed up last year. He showed he, up. He he made the tour team, and he he had a a single good day on the tour where he was top three, if I recall. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yes, he did. That that was when he was with Tom. It's pretty Pitcock. impressive, yeah. really. Yep. I don't know. I just. I feel like he's got such a high standard that he has set for himself and he's got such high expectations and he thinks that everybody thinks that he's still this like yeah. like the top of the the high, uh, pile guy. He's just not there and he keeps making excuses. I He said feel- something recently where he was like, "Oh, well, I know where Garrick was like Garrick Thomas, he was talking about that. He was talking about G and he was saying like, 
I still I think I still got this. Or like there was some article fairly recently where he was kind of comparing himself. That's funny. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a good look for him. <laughs> How about an yeah, open invitation like, to Chris like, Froome like, to come sorry, out to the flogging sorry, rides, come yeah. out and ride with flogging us, and show rides. us that he's still got it? Yeah, <laughs> he would still. He could crush us. Oh yeah, oh, this yeah. is yeah. <laughs> this is this is the thing with those guys is I mean like even even like a Fabian Cancellara who has like famously said that he barely rides his bicycle anymore can still jump out there and be like pretty darn competitive in yeah. a in a road race yeah. still. Well, we've seen him run. He's run up the side of Mount Vaughn too, right? So maybe you could convince oh, him to come exactly. out and do some triathlon <laughs> with yeah, you. Yeah, he's a triathlete. <laughs> he is a he's triathlete. Got a lot, yeah. he, he's got a lot of work to do on his run first. <laughs> I was watching him run with his bike on his shoulder, and I was like, oh, no, wait. Then he put his bike down, and he re- kept running, right? He's, he like, left his bike. He left eventually. his bike. Point, I was like, oh, he could. He looks like a pretty good runner. I was just thinking, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he could run. He's got a runner's body. <laughs> he could run. All right, next question. Next question, next question. Here we go. UCI Gravel World Championships. Do you guys know where those are going to be in 2023? I think it's back in Italy. Nope. Matt? Arkansas. No. That'd be cool if it was. No. It's in Europe. It's in Scotland. Oh. Scotland. That could be kind of fun. What would what are you expecting from the the twenty twenty three gravel championships? Do you think it'll have much more draw this year? No, this round two. It needs to be no. in the U S. No, it needs to be rain. in the U S. Where there's, they, I'm sure. Matt is saying exactly it what does, I was. Thinking. It does nothing but rain in Scotland. It is going to be an absolute. It, it might be flooding during that race. So the the UCI's idea of gravel is a very different event right. than the way Americans do gravel at the point. And as of right now, there's only one qualifier event in the u.s to make it to uci worlds and it's some obscure race it's very Let's separate go. right now Let's isn't go. it, <laughs> it, it you, i mean yeah you could qualify and go to the world championships you know it's just you'd have to get yourself to scotland yeah just go to scotland that's your next trip Lance. there you go <laughs> I, I i think i either read an article or i listened to a um a podcast about sarah Sturm because she is one of the gravel queens here in the u.s that did actually go to gravel worlds wasn't it in it was in Belgium or some something? I think it was in Belgium. But um and she said the experience was actually not very good. Oh, that's too bad. Because it really was more or less pack racing. You know, it was like a road race with on gravel dirt. sections, yep. you know, on gravel dirt. Sections. And and the US didn't really help them out that much. Um, like her sponsors got her got them over there. She she would had to pay her own way to get there. Actually, had to pay buy their own kits. Their what? US, they had to pay yeah. for their own this kits. This is like the triathlon. Yes, yeah. USA Cycling couldn't too, kick right? them a few oh. kits. USA Cycling did not Come pay on, for the, guys. They, they were discounted, but oh, they did. Yeah. This is but totally they were discounted. They, yeah, this is like the triathlon yeah. thing. It's, it's, have you seen this? It's just like the triathlon world yeah. where they're like, you have oh, to buy God. the USA stuff. Yes, you know. So, you know, Sturm went and did it because her sponsors kind of asked him to, asked her to, and she says, yeah, you know, she'll go do it. And, you know, it was like a 150-mile race, which is kind of right down Sarah's, you know, Sarah Sturm's, what, what she can do really yeah. well. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's, a, if, if it's a road race. Yeah, and if, if Mariana Voss is there, I mean, forget yeah. it. <laughs> right? And there were all these... There were, there were all these, you know, Belgian road right. pros that showed up. And the same thing happened with the, with the men. It was it was kind of dominated by road racers, even though it wasn't won by a road racer. It was won by a, a gravel guy, but he was Belgian too. Yeah. So fair to say that the gravel 
it wasn't born here, obviously, but I mean, would you say that this is what really put it on the map as having it explode the, here in the United States? The, the popularity yeah. of the races in the U.S. is what made the UCI kind of perk up yeah. a little Take bit. Notice. Yeah. Take notice. Take notice. Why the wait? Why, why didn't you kick things off here in the United States where it's probably the most popular? I don't Where's think, the UCI based? I don't think they... Well, it's Europe, yeah, it's, but yeah. Yeah. They don't... They don't care? No. They don't care. You know how much... I mean, the the money and systems and things they have all based over there in Europe, they don't really... I mean, it's just... America's just another country. The, the lure around the world for gravel racing here in the United States of America. I mean, any one of the big five races here, I'm sure that every single person over in Europe who rides and races gravel bikes thinks of those as being like, that's my bucket list race. And then the the tour, the pros, they, they all probably think the same thing. And so why wouldn't you want to have it here and really just have it Good be question. blown up? I mean, and who's going to throw more money at gravel? I mean, these little like off like Scotland, Scotland's going to no. be a, a better resource of like funds and, and sponsorship. Yeah, putting it together. You know what's interesting? I, I mean, the Americans don't really care about, and the American gravel racers don't really care about the UCI gravel scene. It is off the beaten path of what th- they deem as like gravel here. I mean, it's. But if, it, but if you think of the biggest gravel race in the world, yeah, with the most prestige, what do you think of? Unbound. Unbound. Yeah. Which you wants think of nothing to do with the UCI, nope. right? They want nothing. They want to be left alone. Yes, as far as they're concerned, Correct. I think is what the vibe I'm, you know, picking up. So this part does make a lot of sense, but it would be fantastic to see it come over here, just to see some of those bigger names racing over here. I mean, how often do we get the opportunity to see some of the the world's best that are jumping into this gravel right. thing? You know, ride and race bikes. Right. But the UCI wants these races to pay them to be sanctioned or Correct. whatever yes. and follow their rules. Whereas these races want nothing to, it's just, it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to be an easy, and it may 10 years from now, we might be totally different, but it doesn't look like it's going to be an easy mesh of the two organizations at this point. You, you know what, what's, what's kind of funny here is the UCI called their race, UCI, the UCI gravel world championships. Yeah. Because Gravel Worlds is a trademark is a trademark ah. name for the for the race in Nebraska. Oh, really? <laughs> so there's the Gravel Worlds in Nebraska, which they they trademarked the name and named that it is that. hilarious. So, Racing through cornfields, and-, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's a pretty big race too. The Gravel Worlds, yeah. even though it's not the World Championships, but they call it the Gravel Worlds, which is hilarious. So I think the UCI could do themselves a, a, a world of good if they adopted more of the the mindset of the gravel racers here in the united states and if they brought the race here yeah but i mean it doesn't have to be all different uptight us uh, uci you know sock height limits and all that i mean what are some of the bigger things that they're doing that the i know that it really kind of comes from the road racing side of things in terms of how they like micromanage and the missteps that they've made with that and just the the vibe that comes along with the roadies i mean what are they doing on the gravel side of things that make things so unattractive to the united states i I don't know. It's I don't just, know either. It's it's just it's a UCI event instead of being a party. It's just the stigma that's <laughs> attached to it. There you go. Yeah. 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 And you go to these gravel big gravel races in the US and they're they're big rolling parties. Yeah. So they need to like ditch the rainbow and just come up with like a, a flannel like jersey for the world champion. <laughs> <Right. and laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a part of what, you know, lifetime grand prix 
you know, right. Lifetime Fitness tried to do by yeah. establishing this, you know, series. Sure. And trying to, and that that drew, that drew a lot of more people. Yeah. It, a lot I more think, attention to I it. I think that that went well. Do you think that they'll continue to run this series indefinitely? I mean, I, it's a big price yes, point for I, yeah, Lifetime. I do. Th- I think it's a big deal for them. I think it, it helped their races quite a bit. I think the... I think the scoring system needs to be tweaked a little bit. I think um, it needs to be more than just thirty women and thirty men. Um, I, you know, there's there's some tweaking that I think that Which could is go all doable. It. It's all doable. But you think this in ten years we're still going to have this Probably. lifetime series? Well, who knows? I mean, we used to economy's have to, looking rough, right? Well, right? I mean, we've had you know, off, we've had all these big bike racing series that have all just gone away after five or six yep. or ten years. Tour of Utah, we don't have any more. Tour of California, California we don't yeah. have any more. Yeah, that's true. We used to have a whole, you know, whiskey off-road series in mountain biking, and now there's only like two of the like six races left. Um, you know, they've all, it's all changed. We used to have a lot of more single track events in mountain biking in the U.S., and we don't have as many of those anymore because the promoters can make more money putting on a gravel race. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, you know. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Okay, last question. We all, everyone here on this podcast, ride bikes with SRAM group sets on them. There have been some spottings in the wild of some new group sets from SRAM, some new offerings. This is good news because I haven't been paying attention. So I'm very excited to hear about this. You've had bad luck with yours. Oh, yeah. 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 Your front derailleur just doesn't want to play nice. But from... The the mindset of it's coming, it's imminent, it's out there. They've, there's pictures in the wild of guys actually racing on cross bikes, and they're like, "Is this the new red group set?" What do you guys want to see? And I've got a sneaky suspicion what Matt's going to say here. But what do you want to uh, yeah. see from Functional. the new <laughs> the new SRAM group sets coming out? What's going to make them better than the current iteration that's out there right now? And we'll just, I mean, we can talk about you know all of them or maybe just the red and the force which are your two top tier which would be you know synonymous for those that don't know with like a durace and a ultegra we'll, we'll talk about the red and the force what do you guys want to see wireless okay yeah Re- replaceable batteries oh, i'm not talking i'm talking about sram it already has that that's why i like sram okay but what do you want to see what are you hoping to see in one the, by 15 the, <laughs> one by 15 <laughs> i could see them going i could see them going 13 yeah I think that yeah, you start to have God. Chain. Please don't go thirteen. You start to have chains. Come on, you have, come chain, on. You have, to have special chains. You <laughs> yep. know, eventually, yeah, thinner chains, thinner chains. Yeah, their chains are great. But I mean, the, that's one of the big selling they points because they the, last for so long. One of the reasons, when you add, you know, basically extra metal to the top, there you can go thinner, and so you know, there's increased durability too sure. as well but like when you add that metal to the top you can go thinner because you basically you need some metal to basically not make it fall apart Correct. right so right. it's just a matter of like moving that metal to the top which they've already done so i think they could go 13 fairly i say this like as an engineering well, like walk in the park you can 12. do it easily right but 12 is working great at the moment fine. 12 fine. Yeah. yeah we still got to get you on 12 i'm not even you on just, 12 yet. you're just holding out for 13 though right no, That's might as well <laughs> one by i like the idea of like one by 13 Yep, Evan's been riding one by twelve on his um, his TT bike. Yeah. Evan, are you on still the TT in love bike, with it? Yeah, yeah, you still in love with the one by system? No, yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I mean the the only the only issues I've I've ever had was a faulty battery once, and I mean really that's about it. 
Um, outside of that, I think the one by is great for time trialing. Now, I, I right. will say I'm I'm in the middle of reading the book called The Secret Cyclist. And uh, the guy, whoever wrote that book, which is the funny thing about the book is we don't know who wrote it. Uh, his team was on one by. And this- he absolutely he hated it. Something the three T so, bike team. Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, you got it. Yep. So, exactly. Christ, and is, it was just is the secret cyclist the guy that he used to post to um, some website all the time. I can't remember which website it is, but uh, he used to write like a an article all the time. It was like the secret pro. Do you guys remember this article? Yeah. Yes. Is oh, it the same guy? No. It's not as different. No, it's totally no, I different. don't. I. I don't think that's the same guy. This guy is, I think, currently still in the pro peloton. He's a big time veteran. Right. So, okay. but he he drops hints throughout the book. So my dad's been joking like, that if you really, I'm sure, I'm sure people have done this. If you really wanted to go through the races he's talked about and ballpark his age, you could probably nail it down to within like five people of who this guy right. is. Like but that. yes, he talked. Uh, he talked. He talks about that four T. I think it was like the Blue Aqua team or something like that from yeah. like 2018. That team ended up folding, but they had a night. So I think that you know, I I also have SRAM on my SLR, mm-hmm. and I and this is I haven't had too too many problems, but the there's something off, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm just a one off, there does seem to be a. I I want them to just make the front derailleur shift a little smoother, right? I think I think I think that's a little clunky shift, and it also, I will admit, and I've I've messed around with it quite a bit. But if you get into certain cogs, the 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 shift over is a little sketchy, and the shift back is sketchy. So, I think that maybe that's where the whole like quote unquote. If you guys have seen the uh, hashtag that goes around, was it like damn it, tram or something like that? <laughs> right. Where it's just, and I and I think that's usually from the front derailleur issue. So if they just fix the front derailleur issues and keep a nice smooth one by twelve yep. system, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Like I think I think it's great. Otherwise, unfortunately, the only people I know who have had those issues with the shifting with the SRAM are people that are running the SRAM force. The people that are running the red group set have been fine. Zero that's what issues. I have is the force. Uh, yeah, I, the force. Yeah. The force on the SLR. So then, so then they just need to improve their mid group set. I think it's probably what most people would want. I mean, we all like the big shiny, but like if eighty yep. percent of your your market's buying the force, they need to improve that before trying to do the do, do the big biggest next best thing i could see them doing that too they, they'll go through a whole bunch of specs and numbers about how it's a little bit lighter it's a little bit faster shifting which i think actually could be improved quite a bit i think those are the yeah. things those are like the fundamental fundamentals of like you know providing a good component set they could do that and that would probably be enough to get them through another iteration of that particular device without going to like 13 by or whatever However, yeah, because I mean, Shram, really... Shram looks cool. Like, yeah. like Shram is the cooler brand, in my opinion. All they need to do is they just need to make themselves cleaner, like Di Two. I mean, Di Two is bulletproof, so you just need they they just need to bridge that gap. I think. No, I wouldn't say it's bulletproof. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I think that to get I would I to get at least headlines. in the triathlon world, that is Di Two is Di Two is considered absolute butter at the top end of the pro. We've of, already of established the pro field that and, triathletes and are idiots. <laughs> No, I, I'm That's, I'm with Evan on this one. I think the DI says, I think the, DI2 says the guy is, who just rode a foldable bike through Europe. Yes, <laughs> I did. I'm with Evan. I think the DI two stuff is much more reliable. That's uh, my take on it. Yeah, I agree. The the current twelve speed think, stuff, the jury's still out though. The twelve speed stuff. Yeah, there, that there, is, there's there's some issues uh, there. So. There's there's been some issues and whatnot, and they're still trying to get things worked out. And it's really not wireless still. It's right. not wireless yet. And, yeah. You know, they, I don't know. 
none of the stuff is backwards compatible with the old stuff. All the E-tube is, is different. There's still a lot of wires in there. The the battery's difficult to change out. You don't have True. the ability to, you know, flip, flip-flop your batteries to get yourself into a chain ring and, and get yourself home so that you're not spinning at 120 RPM. But it does it automatically for you. It assumes, like, up, oh, you're low enough on battery. You're like, okay, you're just going down to rear shifting, right? So that's how... But, that's how they've done it in the past. Well, it'll shift down ago. to the small ring, but it won't go right. back up to the big one. Yep. So when you're, you're trying stuck. to get home and you're like 50 miles out, you shouldn't be that far out anyway, but however far out you are, it's happened to me a couple of times where you got, you're at a ridiculous you cadence yeah. and you've got your chain flopping all over Crossed the place. Over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's just not a happy thing. It, it's much easier with the SRAM stuff. And it's super nice to be able to just keep a small, tiny little battery in your little True. pack and like, oh, battery dart, flip flop it out. Here we're it good is. to go. Change yeah. it out. We're, we're back and riding. Yeah, there's lots to like about both systems. I just don't know if they'll jump all the way to 13 by this round. I think if they do, they'll get the headlines that they want. Like that's the publicity piece where it's like if they if they just make it faster, make it lighter, that's it'll get an article in the cycling news stuff, but it's not going to really make waves. Uh, it's going to take a step in that direction, I think, cuz what are the rumors? I, they're just showing shifters. They're not showing oh. like cog counts and all that other fun stuff. I have a sneaking suspicion it's not going to be. Tw- it's just going to stay twelve It'll for now. 12. I still think I it's going to be there. But how big of a middle finger would that be to, to Shimano, who just finally got their twelve speed stuff to market last? What was it yeah. this past summer? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, you're in 12 speed. That's so passe. We're going 13, buddy. And <laughs> it's going to take Shimano another four or five years to figure that out. And that's what I do like about SRAM is they're always pushing. They're always like mm-hmm. tinkering and they're always coming out with new stuff to try. And like you're not stuck with the same thing for, you know, half a decade because, you know, they're just slow to, to innovate. And that's what I like about them. They innovate. They push. And the rival stuff that they're coming out with, the the um, Access rival, that's that stuff is solid. It's, it's obviously a little heavier. But, I mean, you can get a, a front rival chain ring with the power meter built into it for under 300 bucks. Yeah, it's funny how bipartisan people can be about Shimano or SRAM. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're absolutely. either a Shimano lover or a SRAM lover. You can't. Yeah, you know, you're either Republican or you're Democrat. yeah, red or blue yeah. or your Coke or your Pepsi. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I, I I mean I like both of them. I think they're both fantastic. We're, we're we I are. I think they're both fine. Yeah, I just hairs. think that yeah. I. Well, and this is also, I think a lot of what, what I hear at least is coming from a very specific world. So you, you got to think of the world that you come from. If you're a mountain biker, you're going to hear specific right. things That's true. for me, for me, almost everybody I race, a lot of us are, we're all on one by system. So, you know, we all love SRAM, but I mean, DI2 is wonderful too. So I think it's, I think that it just depends on the world you're in. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with, you know, the 4T had a great idea. It's just doesn't work well in the pro peloton. Probably not because right. you've got to have a very smooth, fast, you know, shifting and have great gear ranges. And that's just, I think that that's, that's you, you would hope that just with both the new, you know, anything that either company comes out with, they just make a good, a really good product at the basics. Gotcha. And, you know, I mean, and that's, and that's personally just coming from me, but I think most even like elite racers would agree that just, you just want the basics to be right. Like I don't need it to be, you know, like the, the bells and whistles do not always matter. Sure. And 13 is not that different than 12 for most of us. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so going back to the fact that we all ride on SRAM, think about your particular groups that are your bike that you ride the most or your bikes. 
And what is it that you want that bike to do that it's not doing currently or that it could do better? I mean, shift, shift, <laughs> front derailleur shift and not drop the damn chain, right, Matt? <laughs> go, oh, go faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sram, if you're listening, uh, give Matt Legrand, he's got a little YouTube channel, give him a shout, let him know that uh, you've got his a, back. Yeah. He needs a red front derailleur. <laughs> I need something. Something's <laughs> off there. Probably the front chain ring or something needs to be red yeah possibly something who knows well who knows no one knows we'll try to figure it out but uh i what what would you want differently yeah i think that their shifting could be faster and more precise i think that that's the that's the basics that they'll tout yeah and not switching to 13 that's my guess like they'll be like it's 20 percent faster and 20 percent lighter and that's why you should buy it and you know, that will be the headline. I'm just throwing out things here, but I, if you were to ask me the question, I would go straight to the, it should be a little bit faster. It could be a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Give you the option to have it be a little bit more of of a, a, I'm not going to say precision because I think that I, because I ride on the red and I think it's very precise and I think it's very fast. Um, I just think it could be faster. Like I want to hit the button and I just want it to be like more instantaneous. I don't want there to be any lag or I want the derailleur itself to do what it needs to do even faster. Do you feel like the DI2 is faster than the, Shram. Ooh, it's probably been oh, it's been a while it's been a few minutes um i'm sure someone knows the answer to maybe this, like some pe- I've, I've had some people tell me that it is a, a touch faster you are kind of splitting hairs i think both yeah. of them could be faster but i gosh i don't know I, I i'd be guessing if i told you the one was faster than the yeah. other yeah, yeah, i think yeah. that they both could be a little bit faster i just wanted to be like more instantaneous because when you're working with a mechanical shifter and you push a lever the instant yeah. you pull on that that cable to actuate the derailleur it's mm-hmm. it it just fires it just bangs really quickly so that would be nice just to hit like a, a jump or even to jump three or four cogs to have that be faster would be fantastic especially for like mountain bike racing or riding because that's uh that's probably where you need to have it do what it, that's where you need to go faster you just do because yeah. you're 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 getting yourself into different situations where you need to be in a certain gear set so, what about you, Lance? I can't think of something I want different on it. Then, then, it, then you just default to more gears, right? Don't yes, you? I mean, I, I think just that's default fair. Default to more gears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. self cleaning drivetrain. Self cleaning drivetrain. Someone made something where okay, so someone made this product, and I'm sure this is like some small company, or whatever. It literally like drips um, chain lubricant onto your chain as you're racing, and they ran all the numbers and how it was like worth it to have. You know, more efficient chain or whatever it is, but it's like literally lubing your chain as you are riding out there. That's funny. That would be. We need um, it, Shram. We need that. That'd be interesting for like gravel. Permanent lube on chains that don't <laughs> chains that don't need to be lubed. That's what I want. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. I just want. Ze- I just want zero friction. That's it. I just want zero. Yeah, that's all I want. And it just. I want you to break physics, Shram. That's it. I mean, come on. Keep We're not simple. asking that much. <laughs> Keep it simple, Shram. Just zero friction. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. Well, let's hope that that new iteration is pretty uh, spectacular. We'll see if it's worth it. You think we're going to see stuff like next summer? or I mean, you would. If I had to bet, and based on how they've done it in the past, we'll probably see it in the spring. We'll see the red stuff in the spring. We'll probably see the forced stuff later in the year. But yeah. they're due. I mean, they're they're coming up on three and a half or four years yeah, now, if I'm not they, mistaken. Yeah, so sounds right to me. The timing is right, and and gosh, they've done such a great job of capturing market share during the whole pandemic. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have gone from uh, 
Shimano to SRAM because of the lack of availability of parts and group sets and whatnot. And I'm sure there'll be a fair amount of people that made the jump over to SRAM that'll go back over to Shimano. But I'm guessing too that there's going to be a lot of people that jumped over from SRAM or from Shimano that are going to stick with SRAM. And if uh, they're going to push the envelope a little bit more and they're going to come out with a new group set that's even better or more refined, that's fantastic. If it just so happens to be 13 speed, might kind of suck if you've got you know XDR drivers or XD drivers and all your stuff and you've all of a sudden yeah. you got to look at different wheels and different drivers and different group sets. I mean, that kind of is a bummer. I, I don't know if I'm going to jump right over right away, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think it comes down for a lot of these people, and this is not us, but I think a lot of people that are buying bikes get what comes with the bike. So again, it's going to come down to partnerships with whatever SRAM partnerships they have with Specialized or... Yeah you know, Trek bikes or, you know, any of these manufacturers for, for, you know, bikes, it's like, well, a lot of people aren't buying, you know, buying frames and then deciding component sets. It's like, who has the better partnerships? Right. And that's probably Shimano, but they're just kind of, they're the 90% marketplace, right? That's like for road bikes. Is right. that what, that's probably what it used to be. It's, it's probably, probably different now. Be. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you guys want to say about SRAM? I love Look, you. Looking yeah. forward to seeing it. <laughs> Very cool. All right, let's jump into one last thing. Matt Legrand always goes first. Okay. Well, no I, exception. Sure. Uh, I have some videos coming out. I am working on Christmas gift ideas. So if you guys have ideas for cyclists, send them my way. I'll put them in a video. I usually do this where I'll do, you know, three videos in three days, and it's like swim gifts, bike gifts, and running gifts. So, and I think I'm going to do something different. I think this year I'm going to do 10 Swimming gifts, 10 bike gifts, 10 running. So a lot more oh, a lot. things to throw out. But I'm working on that video. I really want to have it out soon because we're getting close to Christmas. Yeah, and it's, it'll it's be shopping time. here before you know it. And then, what about what about like the 12 days of triathlon gifts, Matt? Ooh, it's just birds. So good. Just a lot of birds. A lot of birds. All birds. <laughs> so many put a, birds. Put a bird on <laughs> it. Uh, the most recent video that I posted was the maybe the taillight thing that Evan was talking about freaking lasers it's got it's 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 cool <laughs> they actually sent me an updated um whatever product for this tail light that they have it goes underneath your seat it's got a nice light to it little button on the um rem, like wireless remote you can do a left turn signal right turn signal oh. flip on the lasers and you get a laser guideline for like your bike lane kind of thing like so keep, cars could see cars yeah like- it's like three feet on either side or whatever Ooh. super cool it's 36 dollars. oh wow pretty cheap the laser's really only. What kind of drink? It's got freaking lasers! Freaking lasers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. No, 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 yeah, I was gonna say the lasers really only work during like pretty dark conditions. Okay. So it's not it's not perfect, but it's a product I, I made a video about it. I like it. Yep. Cool. Thanks for entertaining us, Matt. We appreciate it. You are welcome. <laughs> Ev Price. One last thing. Uh fingers crossed on a negative test here in about an hour. That's about Ooh. it. You might as well just wait a couple days, man. Yeah, milk it, dude. Milk it. Just, hey, Take Cassie, your time. I, I just don't feel really well. Can you bring me a, a beer? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need some chips and salsa over here on the couch. <laughs> yes, exactly. No. Yeah, you don't do sitting down well or sitting still well. I've- I, I, I badly need to get back to the clinic tomorrow, so really hoping that this is negative test. Yeah. See, Mother Nature, though, even she wants you to take an off-season. <laughs> is it going to snow tomorrow? 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I think on Sunday it's supposed to, but we'll really? see. Oh, Sundays. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> it's getting chilly. Yeah. I'm, Lance at, I'm at swim meets all day, every day, <laughs> from right. now until the foreseeable future. All right. I have spent some time looking for Whitney Hayden's results and cannot find them. So okay. I don't know if she's raced just yet. I did find, though, that a couple hours ago, uh, local uh, women's racer Jenna Lingwood won the 40 to 44-year-old women's age group wow. at Cyclocross National. That's so cool. So good Dang. for Jenna. Sweet. Yes. Good job, Jenna. Congratulations. Uh, that's my Anything else? Say. You yeah. going to stick around for a little bit? I am I am in town for the foreseeable future. Okay. Good. Are your I, I can only see two weeks into the future, though. <laughs> Are your kids coming back for holiday stuff? Um, I think my daughter, Kelty, is coming home for Christmas. I okay. don't think Lake is. Okay. He's got a job Blake, at a what the ski heck? resort. He's got a ski resort job. For okay. That's so, fair. Yeah, so I don't That's think fair. he's coming back. Chasing okay. all you know ski what? bunnies? He's, 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 he's really doing good at this whole, like, he's a lake guide and then a, or a river guide and then, like, a, like, I mean, is this going to be his patroller. future? Yeah. This is pretty yeah. freaking awesome. I mean, he's, he's doing a pretty, the, pretty no, awesome. It sounds freaking awesome. It is not. <laughs> It just, it just, it just sounds good. That's just not. In theory, <laughs> it's not. That was the devil coming back to. Uh, my one last thing is we do have the ugly Christmas sweater ride this weekend. Ooh. We were supposed to do it last weekend, and by the time that we had to make a decision, at that point in time, it was supposed to snow. And then it was supposed to maybe not snow, but it was going to be in like the mid thirties with like high wind advisories and and rain. Oh, yeah, like it was going to be nasty. And then it just ended up being perfectly sunny. But <laughs> at the start of the ride, at the start of the ride, the real fill temperature was nineteen degrees outside. Oh, it was it, cold. It was cold, and it did get a little windy out. Or what? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. I was going to say breezy, but it was. It was actually windy. So it was not good riding weather, if you will. It was just super cold. Saturday so, looks rainy. It does, but it's in the low to mid forties, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that's much more doable. Yes, but I could be wrong. But it's one of those rides if you just put the appropriate um, base layer on and like rain protection jacket, whatnot on, and then throw an ugly sweater over it, you're fine. You're good. Yeah, you yeah. might have a little sloppy, wet thing, but that's why we're going to stop for coffee to warm up, and you can have coffee or hot chocolate, whatever nice. floats your boat. So I like it. Be a little sub twenty mile ride, and we'll uh, go out there and kick off the bikes for kids campaign, which yes. is kind of cool. So we've. We barely have started on that, and the goal is to do ten thousand dollars. That's always the goal every single year, and we usually do somewhere in the range of like five, six, seven thousand dollars. We've we haven't even really officially started because the official starts the ugly Christmas sweater ride. We're already over three thousand dollars. Oh, fantastic! Wow. Isn't that awesome? It doesn't show on the the GoFundMe because these are checks that have been coming in. So I'm really stoked on the fact that we're just getting started, and we've already raised a ton of money. Let's get a lot of kids getting some sweet bikes. Love it. So, anything else, boys? All good? That's good. Welcome good. home, Lance. Welcome home. Evan, hope you feel better. Yes, sir. Good seeing you <laughs> home, Lance. Hopefully yeah. ride with you guys soon. Matt, cool. good luck getting all those videos out. Yeah, thanks. We will be back next week with another one of these. And until then, bye for now. Bye.